1: the following content is not suitable for children.
0: Stage two. Let's talk about how couples that are not together sexually finally get there and feel bonded.
1: Yeah! Fireworks. Let's go.
0: Welcome to Four Play Radio, couples and sex therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist.
1: And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist.
0: And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk
1: to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Here we go, Lori. Stage two for our listeners that really. When we're talking about EFT, that's the beauty of the creation of a positive cycle. It's not enough to understand the negative cycle, what's not working. You need to replace that with a positive cycle. Yes. You know? So I always remind myself that the unmet needs that really cause the negative cycle, right? If I feel like I'm failing or rejected or hurt or lonely, and I can't ask for what I need in those places, mm-hmm. I'm going to protect myself. And then that protection causes my partner's protection. And before you know it, the negative cycle has its life, right? It has its Mm -hmm, distance and mm -hmm. mistrust that it creates. It's actually the unmet needs met. That's the solution to the negative cycle.
0: Okay. Okay. So that means that we get sex all the time we want it, right?
1: That means when we could ask for what we need (laughs) and our partner can give it to us, Mm -hmm. right? It's that is what creates secure attachment. So it's just nice for every couple listening to have a clear, simple target. Both of you have needs. When those needs are met, that's what creates the safety and a positive cycle of a couple. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about how do couples ask for what they need in these kind of more tender places.
0: Right. We, We want them to be able to reach out to their partner, talk about it, and their partner to respond to them. That's when it's a
1: positive cycle. Right, and it's often difficult to do it the first time. You need what we call stage one is getting the couple to de-escalate, getting the couple to see their negative cycle, to start Mm -hmm. uniting against the negative cycle. You got to create more safety before you go to this place of asking for what you need. When you ask for what you need and you're not safe, there's a lot of mistrust. The negative cycle is really powerful, it, it leads to kind of more drops and misses and and protection. So yeah. it's really important to have that safety online.
0: Yeah, people have to be through that stage one where where it becomes safe to be vulnerable again. Exactly. It, it's and, kind of it's a bit of a conundrum because we're telling people be vulnerable, be vulnerable, but we know that. What really encourages vulnerability is when their partner responds to it and mm-hmm. acknowledges it and finds it precious and cares about the fact that their partner is being vulnerable. And I think when we're fighting and and upset with each other, we can't really take that in. We can't see how important it is that our partner is being valuable. But in stage two, we can. We get it. We need to acknowledge our partner's vulnerability, and we need to do something for them once they ask for something.
1: By this time, couples should have had some practice on keeping their focus. Who's the person risking? Who's the person sharing? Mm -hmm. How does the witness and listening partner keep their focus to respond to the other person? So if we're talking about the sexual cycle, in stage one, both partners get how the sexual pursuer's criticism Fuels the withdrawers w- wanting to go away because they're hearing the message they're doing something wrong and they don't want to make it worse, so they disengage. Yes. The more they disengage to protect themselves, the more the pursuer feels rejected. The more they use criticism to try to motivate change. Criticism fuels withdrawal. Withdrawal fuels criticism. Couples, when they get that, that's helpful,
0: right? Yes, they yes. feel more hopeful. Yes. But say it the other way too, because you know it's not always this sexual pursuer that starts the cycle. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes the sexual withdrawer says, you know, gosh, it's been 10 days. I, I didn't even notice. I I didn't even think about it, which of course makes the sexual pursuer's heart plummet. Like you, you haven't kept in your mind my needs, you know, and I tell you all the time and for you, time just goes by and you don't think about it. So, I mean, I think it can start either way, the sexual withdrawer doing nothing yeah. or the sexual pursuer criticizing
1: interdependency it could go either way both partners need to get that both partners need to see to change it both of them need to do something differently we're always working towards new moves i yes. don't un- understand what's not working but what's the new move stage two is the new move so okay. today we're going to try to talk move. about this withdrawal the sexual withdrawal instead of rolling over and not mon- wanting to make things worse right they need to start engaging They need to start coming towards their partner. And usually it starts with explaining the blocks, what's stopping them from wanting to engage. There's nothing like bad sex to train you not to wanna have sex. Guilt, pressure, stress, all the things, they're getting messages, there's something wrong with them, they're not doing it right. Like they really need to process that to get help with that Mm -hmm. if they're gonna actually wanna have sex. Mm -hmm.
0: I think, yes, and I think one of them is processing the criticism both from their partner processing the criticism inside mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm broken there's something wrong with me i think this other part of stage 2 where we identify disowned needs mm-hmm. i think for many people especially in childhoods that were not very affectionate parents who were not warm and loving there is still a need in the child for affection and touch lots of need mm-hmm. but they put a block up against that because it's so painful that that need wasn't met and then in adulthood they still have the need but it's kind of somewhere else you know it's split off from them they don't feel it they don't let themselves feel that need for touch for soothing for intimacy and then of course in adulthood there's this other step where that touch is erotic and they haven't been able to identify it they can't they can't feel like they really need this and so doing some work on the inside of figuring out, okay, this is something that is buried you know, deep down in me. I think that's important. Is that not what stage two does also when the person is identifying their disowned need?
1: Yeah. So to me, the, the target is going to be to have sex for yourself because you want it mm-hmm. and to have sex for your partner because your partner wants it, right? Both of those are really healthy ways of having sex. And for a lot of withdrawers, sex because of the negative cycle becomes something they want to do for their partner. They mm-hmm. want to perform and they lose access to the part of them that wants it for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's a critical part of withdrawal re-engagement. Trying to get them to get re-in touch with why do you want to have sex? What do you like about it? What is it? What's your gas pedals? Right. It's just not just about work with brakes and blocks and yeah, that's important, but really trying to get them to a place of no, spending more time with what really makes them come alive, mm-hmm. because that is where the needs are, right? I need you to what? What do you think withdrawers would need, Lori?
0: From their partner, I think I think they need them to first of all be patient.
1: Mm-hmm. I love your patience, right? Because that's so often where we start with withdrawers. Like they want to be appreciated for their effort. This is not easy stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right, so that they're facing it, that they're letting their partner in, that they're letting themselves in. I think that appreciation, that's trying to lean lead towards understanding, that's so often the start of what withdrawers are looking for.
0: Yes, I, I think too. I want to note that for the male sexual withdrawer, sometimes they have desire, but they don't maybe have enough either desire for their partner, or it's it's not even. That they don't have partner-specific desire, it's like sharing sex feels too intimate. It it feels it doesn't feel as good. They used to, they're used to masturbating. They're used to using porn. They're used to managing their sex drive by themselves. So like starting to be dependent on a partner, telling their partner what they want and what they like and what they need, you know that that's crazy stuff for them. So mm-hmm. I think the first one you described was the female sexual withdrawer wanting it for herself. I think often, in my experience, the male withdrawer does want it for themselves, but they don't know how to make it intimate with a partner.
1: Right. So what both of them share in common is that there's less pressure in not engaging, right yes. which feeds the cycle. And to get them to want to have sex for themselves to want to be intimate with their partner, is really trying to get them to tap into their longings. So much of this work p- prior is focused on fears and hurts and blocks. Mm. Once you make some progress with that, it creates a safety. You could go to the longings, mm. right? What does your heart want? It's the wants that are the key to the positive cycle. Do you want acceptance? Do you want appreciation? Do you want reassurance? Do you want a hug? Do you wanna be told it's gonna be okay? Do you wanna be found? Do you wanna be believed in? Do you wanna be fought for? Do you wanna be loved? Right. You see how all these wants starts to kind of pull, you know, the partner's engagement. That's the power of a positive cycle.
0: Yeah. I love that list that you just gave us of all the wants that withdrawers might
1: ask for too. You know. Right. So let's put ourselves in that place where you know. In, typically, in a negative cycle, you're getting messages: you don't have enough desire, you're doing it wrong, you're not interested, you're in trouble. You, you know what does their heart need? And that's why it's so important to go to the body. Where do you feel that failure? Where do you feel that pressure? If you listen to your body, it will start to tell you what do you need that would help with that. Right. That's why reassurance a lot of times with the withdrawers is is, is is important to be told it's okay, like that you're not in a mood. That doesn't mean you're bad or there's something wrong with you. You know, you might not have as much desire, but when when you're told it's okay, it, it creates a calmness that says, but I want to work on this. I want to, you know, I want to find a time where I can, and maybe tomorrow's a better night. Right. So that, that reassurance goes a long way with the withdrawal. Mm
0: hmm. Right. So when the withdrawer has their partner being patient, they can, in some ways, there's space for them to check in with their body mm-hmm. to say, OK, what I am tired tonight. I do want to explore my longings, you know, my sexuality, but I got to have rest. I got to do that. Mm-hmm. A- and I know every pursuer out there is saying, hey, I do that all the time. I give them space. I, g- you know, I give them lots of space but I think we're talking about a stage in the relationship where both parties feel a little more confident about their partner wanting to meet their needs.
1: Exactly. And withdrawers at this point would already have had to appreciate the pursuers initiating, right? To really thank the pursuer for playing that role in a relationship, to see the beauty in that pushing energy, right? The more the withdrawer sees that and says, thank you. Thank you for doing this all these years for us to try to keep this alive. That was so important, right? That appreciation from the withdrawer often allows the pursuer to give it back, right? That mm-hmm. appreciation, that reassurance to the withdrawer.
0: Yeah, the reassurance that we're going to be patient with the blocks as they work them through. I think that's so true. And, and this is what is complicated when we're working as therapists in stage two with sexual withdrawers because you just talked about that the re-engagement of the withdrawer includes emotional re-engagement with their sexual pursuers telling them you know thank you that i get that
1: well let's pick that up and just let's play with this example that you're talking about as soon as we come back
0: Green Chef has got some stuff that is so good, you guys. George and I love this food. I mean, we have tried it. We have tried vegan. We have tried paleo. We have tried regular meals. They offer customization. So any kind of diet that you're on, they can help you. Their meals are USDA-certified organic ground beef or organic chicken or wild sockeye salmon. More than that, it's convenient. It's delicious. Enjoy recipes like the butter-crusted salmon, that was one of my favorites, with creamy kale and roasted carrots. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Beef tenderloin with cherry balsamic sauce and maple Brussels sprouts and brown butter potatoes. Oh my goodness, this is so good. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Go to greenchef.com slash foreplay135 and use the foreplay135 code to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. George, feeling is everything. Excitement, intimacy, anticipation, contentment. UberLube lets you feel all the things you want to feel.
1: Lori, I'm so proud of our partnership with UberLube. They really are making a difference, helping people Feel more, enjoy more. That's all what we're about to. So we just really appreciate our partnership with them.
0: Exactly. Uberlube, it was created with sex in mind. Its formula is pure, it's basically silicone based, smooth and silky, and it's body friendly. So you don't have to worry about yeast infections or glycerin or parabens and it's got a perfect pump for the perfect experience every single time. Ooh, that's kind of sexy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uberlube.com with the code foreplay for your discount.
1: Hey, we love Uberlube and thank you listeners for supporting Uberlube who supports us.
0: Uberlube.com with the code foreplay. Listen, Oh My God, Yes! is this amazing site, really, really helpful with technique. Their findings come from the largest ever peer-reviewed and published research about women's pleasure, and it's all organized in one place, so I really think it's good. It takes about five minutes to learn each technique. It's tasteful. It's simple. You could be anxious about seeing something so explicit, but really, this is artwork. It's so well done. It's so tasteful. It's so vulnerable. You know, I've referred hundreds of people to it now and had really great reports. This gives us a language. Learn more self knowledge and more words for what you really find pleasurable. Get more confidence to guide your partner. I think that's so important. And these pleasure experiences that feel physically new can bring sort of body positivity. Foreplay listeners get a discount at ohmygodyes.comslash foreplay. That's O-M-G-Y-E-S dot com slash F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y for play. Okay, so stage two, again, the complications for this with the sexual withdrawer is the sexual withdrawer does need to emotionally re-engage with their sexual pursuer, appreciating, thanking them, seeing the benefit of of this drive this force for sexuality in their sexual pursuer is actually a good thing a blessing to the relationship and communicate that like that offers reassurance to the sexual pursuer i'm no longer resisting you i'm getting it that this has been this is an important function for our relationship and you've been carrying it all by yourself mm-hmm. all alone i've resisted it no wonder you're so frustrated so that really, ironically, is emotional re-engagement from the sexual withdrawal. But then the sexual withdrawal, this, this second part that we're talking about, has to include action, which is identifying their disowned needs, figuring out the aspects of themselves that are hidden from themselves and hidden from
1: their partner. And that will be the byproduct of their needs being met. They should engage more. If you don't have to go away because you're feeling like a failure... And you feel safe, then you're gonna engage more. So, yes, that we're gonna look for that that change in action from the withdrawal. But to get there, the withdrawal is gonna to have to ask for what they need. Okay. So when they tap into this place where they feel like they're failing, we're always working towards you have to have success with these emotions. Mm-hmm. When withdrawers have success, they don't need to go away, they can come forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So success could look to two different forms. To me, success is get reassurance with the fears, or when you overcome your fears and you do a good job, have positive success when your partner says, you know what, you initiate, that was amazing. That, that is meeting that need to be told they're doing it right, which is really important. Mm-hmm. But in these places where they feel like, you know, is there something wrong with me because I can't access my desire? The need in that is often what?
0: The need is for the partner to say, to be reassuring. I don't know if it's broken, I. But I'm here with you, you know. I mean, I, I appreciate you struggling to access your desire. I, you know, I, I mean, basically, teaming up together.
1: Beautiful. Let's role play it.
0: Okay. You would be the sexual withdrawal this
1: time. All right, sexual withdrawal, <laughs> here I come. So, I, I my new move is I'm engaging. I'm I'm gonna let you into. My fears, right? And I'm going to try to put words to what I need in that place. Cause that's, that's, that really is the ultimate move for the withdrawal. Not, an, not, it's not enough to just share the fears, but to try to ask for what they need in the fears. So I know last night you wanted to have be intimate.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, yeah. I wanted to be intimate thinking about it leading up to it. Hmm. And then I don't know what happened. It's like the day got, I got caught up in the day. And by the time I found myself, like I wasn't in a mood. I was frustrated. I was tired. I was like, that's not a great spot in a pass. I try to force myself, and that kind of makes it a tough. So. Wait, tell me a little bit more about it. Cause it, there was part of you
0: that wanted it. And then. You said as we got closer, you were tired and frustrated on the inside. There was something that was coming up for you that then you you didn't feel that anymore. Could you tell me a little bit more about it?
1: Yeah, I just wasn't in the right space to want to have sex. Mm Mm-hmm. Like if it was in an ideal situation and we were away somewhere, like I would have loved to have sex, mm-hmm. but today interfered with what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. So when I found myself in that bed saying, I know we we're supposed to have sex and I want, I, but I really don't want to have sex in that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just want to go to bed. I just want to just start over tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. And, but when I, f- I know we're supposed to have sex, I can feel that pressure. That Like now I'm in trouble. If, you know, if I don't want to have sex, we're going to get into our negative cycle. But I got to, it feels like I'm climbing a mountain to have sex to try to get over all this frustration and like not being in a mood. And like it's, it's, I'm wrestling with a lot of that.
0: Yeah. I, gosh, I'm glad you're telling me. Um, I mean, it, I think that you telling me what's happening inside feels good. I mean, I know I would have maybe felt better this morning if we had had sex, but. It it makes sense to me, you know, why you turned off. I I wasn't quite as clear last night, and that was confusing. But as you tell me this morning about how your day went and that it got in the way, and, you know, you wanted more uh, sort of a clear head about it, I I get that. That happens to me
1: too. It's hard to trust that. Now, I appreciate it. I mean, I know you tell me you don't want to have sex if I don't want to have sex. And I know when I have sex, when I don't want to have sex, it's not really great for us.
0: It, that's true. It
1: trains me, but it's so hard to to feel like I'm going to disappoint you. And I, I just try to kind of force myself to get into it. A lot of times I can, mm-hmm. but I am starting to learn that like I need to learn to s- stand up and say, it's okay if I don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to think that's okay.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's been so many years, years and years and years that I'll get angry. So, of course, you're going to be afraid to tell me you don't want to have sex. I, that makes sense to me. I really do get it. Our old pattern, our negative cycle. You know, yeah, it would be natural for you to feel fearful. But I think the fact that you're starting to sort this out inside and tell me, it really is kind of helpful to me. Yeah, You know, because before maybe I would ask you would, you know, not come forward or nothing would happen. And I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that you even thought about it, much less you're struggling with, you know, wanting to have it. But then, you know, your head gets all messed up and you can't. So that feels different. I mean, yeah, it'd be perfect if we had had sex. But it's I mean, it's good that you're talking about it.
1: And as we're talking about, I guess I'm getting a little bit clear on what would help me. Like, what do I need in that place? Mm -hmm. And I think it would be helpful if you could see moments like last night, that if I don't want to have sex, that that's actually a healthy thing for me to say, to not want to have sex when I don't want to have sex that you support that in me, that 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 that's not me being difficult or disappointing, that's me being healthy and being true to kind of where I'm at. And I know it's gotta lead to something afterwards, but in that moment, I guess I, I need you to be able to tell me it's healthy to not wanna have sex.
0: You know what? It's exactly what I need from you. I do. I can feel in me the dilemma here, but you saying what you want makes me more certain that when you do want to have sex that you're all in. And so yes, I mean so many times I think maybe you having sex just because I want to and then you know I don't feel connected to you. It's like it's rote and then there's not really a good result and that's not good. And so yeah, you you have to be able to tell me I I don't want to do it or mm-hmm. what's and even better like this morning as you talk about why, you know, what got in your head.
1: All right, let's pause here, as we just reflect on what we just did. As a withdrawer, that felt good. It felt good that I was being given permission to say no. That there's we're seeing the health in it, not just the problem. And it's always been addressed in our whole relationship as a problem. Mm-hmm. Every time I don't want to have a sex, I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. Right for you to kind of join me in a place that it's okay sometimes life gets caught up and it's okay not to want to have sex like that is really a healthy thing to be able to communicate mm-hmm. that like that actually feels really empowering for me that's a way of a need being met inside of me right that's success in a positive cycle and we could have I could have different needs I could want you to if I do fail you and let let you down can you love me anyway mm-hmm Can you tell me it's going to be okay? My need could be when I get it right, can you be proud of me and let me know, like, I just, that was so good. You love seeing who I am sexually. When I engage, my presence makes such a difference. It like changes the world, right? But these are all different directions we can go. That's why it's not a simple cookie cutter. Here's a line that you could ask for what you need. Everything's going to be okay. We all, our needs change, but what it's in common is, there's no space to ask for what you need in a negative cycle. Mm-hmm. Now that we've caught that negative cycle, this is the game changer. Right. right? When you started to tell me it's okay, it was healthy, I felt my whole body start to relax. Nice. And we know yeah. relaxation is the key to good sex, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's good.
0: Yeah. I And I really felt it when you said it that way, just even in the role play. It was like, Yes, you have to be true to who you are because if you're not, you're really not a sexual partner with me. You know, because what I want is somebody who wants it for themselves, is clear headed, and wants to be with me. Otherwise, it doesn't really bear the fruit that I'm looking for. You know, so even though it meant I would have to be patient, I would have to wait for a time that was mutual, and that's frustrating. It was like you being yourself and saying who you were and what you needed was kind of exciting. It's like, oh, yes, I get it. I get the strength in that and how it will be better for us. That's what I was feeling from the other side of the role play. Nice.
1: And we welcome our listeners to give us feedback here. This is really where we think the field needs to grow. We've become pretty good at understanding what doesn't work, but not so good at explaining what. Does work. What is the positive cycle? How do we express our needs? What, what are the different types of needs? Mm-hmm. We'd love to, for our listeners to help us develop it. Even just doing this now, my brain's like, all oh, right, wait a second. I got three different kind of moves I'm taking out of this. Mm-hmm. Like what is a, wit- a withdrawal, a sexual withdrawal might need when they don't want to have sex, permission not to. Mm-hmm. If they're struggling trying to have sex, to be reassured in the struggle if they're successful in accessing their own desires to be celebrated right those are three different needs just for that sexual withdrawal yes yes
0: yeah i I like all of that and again i want to reassure our sexual pursuers out there because i know i really know that this can feel like the same old same old but we're talking about a sexual withdrawer who wants to be engaged in the sexual relationship that they have understood you that they haven't found you critical and pushy and you know always wanting sex this is a new stage and so there's more grace and more room for this conversation
1: right and remind yourself that the goal is more sex or more intimacy and connection yeah but if you're not there because of blocks but you're talking about it you're pretty much there. It's mm-hmm. the not talking about it and not sex. That's the void. That's the trap, right? Anytime withdrawers are, are re-engaging, where' they're going in a direction we need them to go.
0: right. even if it's not sexual, that's I think the sexual withdrawal responding, you know, like and saying something, like not just shutting down, not being silent, not rolling over, but talking about where they're at. Or even offering, you know, look at my head is too messed up tonight to do this. I know you want it. I know you need mm-hmm. it. And I haven't forgotten that. You know, I haven't. Yeah. You know, and what I need from you is just it could be okay tonight that we don't.
1: Beautiful. That's what love does, right? When you feel seen, you want to expand, you want to give back. Those green brains do some beautiful things. So we're going to next podcast, talk about the pursuers. And how to go deeper. So, calm down, pursuers out there. We're not forgetting about you.
0: Don't tell me to calm down. (laughs) Okay,
1: thanks for listening. I'm the sexual pursuer too. So (laughs) keep it hot, y'all.
0: We'd just love to invite you to our great sex, great love couples retreat on Friday, October 28th, 10 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. George and I are really going to help you apply what you learn in the podcast to your relationship. So if your marriage or partnership is functional but it's not that exciting or you want to deepen that connection and really improve your intimacy or you know make sex something that isn't just a check off your list and try to bring the sizzle back, please join us. We are going to spend a whole day enhancing your relationship and intimacy, dealing with the cycle making it safe for you to talk about desire, talk about the actual sex acts that you're doing, also express what's going on in your mind, body, and heart, and your spirit to find deeper sexual connection with each other. That's October 28th. You can find it on foreplaysextherapy.com under our resources to sign up now. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability?
1: Lori. we just keep pushing it. Coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a withdrawer, really practical moment-by-moment moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough this talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important.
1: No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves.
0: Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com.
1: Call in your questions to the Foreplay play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by Foreplay play Media.